The leaked documents continue to give a black eye to the Biden administration, but they did catch the video gamer that released them. Expect him to get uh, 17 life sentences as opposed to some of the other guys that uh, blew up uh, Barack Obama's tenure. Another food processing plant blows up. And I just got to ask, can we stop calling this stuff a conspiracy theory? And let's go through some of the leftover stories from last week. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Big news. Uh, I will probably be gone for the next 10 days. I am getting married next week, so I'm going to be off taking the plunge. Josie and I are finally doing it. I have to complete all of the final wedding plans next week. And then uh, a week from Saturday, I will be hitched. So congratulations to me. So this will probably be the last episode until uh, not next week, but the week after. Simply because I have way too much to do. So you'll have to go someplace else, probably better places than me. But let's get through some of this stuff. So here's some... Let's get, to, let's get to the news, and then let's talk about some leftovers. Okay, not too much news here. Some, some kind of big stuff. Uh, by the way, I might do a podcast or two, but they'll be extremely short. I'm not going to do big, long podcasts, uh, simply because I really do need to focus on this wedding. So let's go over some news here. Uh, leaked documents that uh, leaked documents from the Pentagon is really revealing some bad news for the Biden administration. Apparently, Ukraine, I think I might have mentioned this yesterday, but they're losing the war against Russia, and they're losing it really badly. 130,000 Ukrainians have been killed. Yes, 240,000 Russians have been killed, but the Ukrainian to Russian kill rate is like seven to one, a seven to one margin. So the Russians are pretty much beating the crap out of, uh, beating the crap out of the Ukrainians. And some of the stuff that was released in these documents also show the holes in the air defense of the Ukrainians. So this guy did some pretty serious damage to the Biden administration and to the Ukrainians, because now the Russians know where some of this stuff, where there are some holes in that defense. So there's some real panic going on in in Ukraine. Now this is really bad news for the for the Biden administration to give a hundred billion dollars, over a hundred billion dollars to Ukraine, and that's in money and equipment to be begging other countries to give more equipment to, I mean, he's begging South Korea, Israel, all these other countries. He's begging to give Ukraine arms and he could still lose that war because let's face it, this is a proxy war between the United States and Russia. Obviously, the the whole European Union has given, combined, has still given less than half of what the United States has given Ukraine. And we could still lose? And then you put on top of that Afghanistan. This is a disaster for the Biden administration. An absolute disaster. Well, the kicker is, uh, and of course we have U.S. servicemen in Ukraine, Though they're not in the combat roles, we don't really know what they're doing. But we know the Biden administration has lied about boots being on the ground and has lied about the actual status of the war itself. So you got to wonder, what else are they lying about? I, I wouldn't trust the Biden administration for anything here. Well, they did catch the guy who leaked it. It was some 21-year-old IT guy. Uh, <laughs> apparently, this guy had uh, gone onto a message board on um, a message board on what was the message board? Hold on one second. Let me let me look this up. It wasn't a message board. It was a chat channel 
for video gamers called Discord. I use Discord. I like Discord. But this guy was just casually talking to friends and dropping screenshots of top secret material. Now, that's the other thing that really amazes me. Oh, first off, we overclassify. And when we overclassify, this stuff, by the way, wasn't top secret material. Okay, this was just classified material. There's top secret, there's um, secret, there is classified, and then for your eyes only. Okay, that, that that's essentially the different classification types. Apparently, this stuff was for your eyes only. So this is not really top secret material. There'd be no way, technically, this guy would be able to get his hands on top secret material. This stuff would have to be put in a skiff, a self-contained something is what it stands for. But this stuff is important enough that it shouldn't have been leaked. So this guy got arrested yesterday. And there is something that people are saying that I, I don't disagree with. Are you sh sure? A lot of people don't believe this guy did it. A lot of believe, people believe this guy's a patsy. He's a right-winger. He's a conservative. A religious guy. A um, Republican. A patriot. That's what they describe him as. Which tells you something. They want to convict this guy and he's going to go to prison for the rest of his life. He's going to end up a political prisoner. That's what they're going to do. But, I mean, he's just not real bright. And the question is, why are you giving this guy a top secret clearance? He's 21 years old. So, I don't know. We're going to have to figure out. He went to court today. Apparently, he didn't put in a plead. He's kept in jail. Um, he'll be in jail for another week. I guess he's going to plead out next week. So, we'll have to see what's going to happen with that whole case. I, I don't know. Uh, everyone is making such a big deal out of this. You know, Chelsea Manning, which is Bradley Manning is his real name. He released a lot of documents that were absolutely horrid. And this guy got commuted. Oh, because he became a man, a woman, I mean. So that's why it got commuted. But as far as I'm concerned, and then the guy ran for Congress. This guy is a, a, a freaking spy. And a traitor to his company, but he's okay. No problem with him. Okay, Bud Light reported after signing Dylan Mulvaney to be their representative, they lost $4.5 billion in the two weeks since Dylan Mulvaney was signed. That's awesome. So Bud Light typically makes about $26 billion a week. Apparently, they lost close to $5 billion in the time, in that time period, between when Dylan Mulvaney got a his picture on a Bud Light can, and now. Not good. Not good. There's also a video of Jack da a Jack Daniels customer burning up about $400, which is equivalent to uh, $300, excuse me, two bottles of very expensive Jack Daniels. He just burned it. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't know if I'd want to do that, but he did. And he said, I'm, I'm not supporting him anymore. This is the kind of crap that'll work. And just to, just to make it, it's also an opportunity for other people. There is somebody who is releasing his own beer called Far Right Brew, which is supposed to be an equivalent to Bud Light, but by a conservative company. Now, I don't know if this thing is going to be mainstream like Bud. Let's face it, you're talking about a billion dollar, Anheuser-Busch is a billion dollar organization. But the fact is, these are the opportunities capitalism allows Go for it. Okay, and when are we just going to say this is not a conspiracy theory? An explosion at a cow farm killed 18,000 head of cattle. One person was injured and they're in serious condition. The cause of the explosion, apparently, is that they're, apparently they had a vacuum that cleans up the uh, cow manure. That vacuum overheated mixed with the methane, and then boom. And that killed 18,000 head of cattle. So here's the thing. This is another disaster at a food processing plant. 
Two planes have hit food processing plants in the last 18 months. There have been 18 food processing plants that have caught fire and burned down. Chickens have been reported as to not laying eggs due to the quality of the feed they're receiving. Cows have been dying in fields for no particular reason in Wyoming. This happened within the last year and a half. Is this all a coincidence? I don't know. I don't know. I'm beginning to think no, because I don't remember food processing plants disappearing like this. And it seems to be happening quite a bit. And by the way, it's all at the same time that they're telling us we need to eat bugs and go vegan. And that cows are are polluting the environment. I have a tendency to think this is probably a little bit more than a coincidence. Okay, so let's get to our uh, let's get to our news stories. So last week, uh, an absolutely horrid story happened again in Ocala, Florida. Apparently, there were three children, ages 12, 16, and 17, that had met three other children. I can't remember there. I don't remember. They were all under the age of 16. And these children, 12, 16, and 17, apparently these were girlfriends or something. They were all dating. They decided to kill the girlfriends and then dump the bodies all around Ocala, Florida. These three, of course, these three were charged with um, murder. First-degree murder, carjacking, car theft, aggravated assault, and eluding law enforcement. The 17- and 12-year-olds were charged with first-degree murder, 12 years old, charged with first-degree murder, all by guns. Uh, The 16-year-old was caught later. He's charged with the lower crimes, but still murder. The 12-year-old is being charged as an adult, which he should, because I don't want this kid in the streets anymore. This is an absolutely horrid story. Some of the some so many lives here have been ruined. But of course the media doesn't want to do a deep dive as to why a 12, 16 and 17-year-old teen will sh- would shoot three girls or two girls and one boy in the back of the head and then dump them. Now again, they can't blame racism here. So, when they can't blame the reason is The three people that were killed were white, and the three people arrested were black. So they can't blame racism here. So where do they go? They go right after the guns. Well, the Florida sheriff, the Alcala sheriff, his name is Billy Woods, and he is having absolutely none of it. Listen to this, and I tell you, this guy, God, I need to move to Florida. Listen to what he said. I know each of you in the media here and viewers out there probably heard us in law enforcement or even in community events talk about what is the problem. And I'm going to go ahead and address the first thing that I know it's going to come up because there are individuals out there viewing and to include some of you media that want to blame the one thing that has no ability or the capacity to commit the crime itself. And that's the gun. These individuals committed the crime. Sheriff, you mentioned uh, the gun. Do we know how the, the uh, suspects got a hold of the weapon? Car burglaries. Car burglaries. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Ain't that right? All the gun laws we got in place didn't prevent it, did it? Neither will any new ones. Because here's the fact. The bad guy is going to get a gun no matter what law you have put in place. These juveniles shouldn't even possess a handgun. But they did. And I'll go back to you. Add your question. A simple burglary, as some people will say, but I don't consider anything simple when it comes to a burglary. The law allows me, I'll plaster their face up on this page, up on my page, up on media. I will hand it out if the law allows me because parents have the right to know who their kids are hanging out with and preventing this. What a freaking hero. What a freaking hero that guy is. That is an American right there. 
God bless him. Because here's the reality. The media doesn't want to do a deep dive. Why is a 12-year-old black kid committing these heinous murders? Why? Why do we keep blaming inanimate objects for committing crimes? Uh, Jayapal. Uh, what's her name, Jayapal? I can't. Prima Jayapal, Rima Jayapal. I don't care. Um, she sat there. We need to get rid of gun violence. You know what? You don't need to get guns off the streets. You need to get criminals off the streets. Because guns, they're f- far more guns are used to protect people than they are used in crime. And that's just a cold, hard fact. My big problem, and I've said this before, it's not that we have too many guns on the streets. We have too few guns on the streets in the right hands. That's what's happening out there. And you've got guys like this that sit there and point that out. Okay, so here's another great clip. And I'm going to save the best clip for last. So last week, a district court judge, there's a story behind this. We need to get to that story. Last week, a district court judge appointed by Donald Trump named um, Matthew Kamarki. Kak Samarki, oh, Samark, I don't know, whatever his name is, issued a 67-page ruling stating that the abortion drug Mifepristone, gosh darn, they really are, uh, be pulled from the shelves because basically the FDA did not follow their own procedures in approving the drug. So they didn't approve all of the tests that say that the drug is safe. So this was not a... a, a this was not a paperwork snafu by the company, uh, by the FDA. This was a, they didn't test the drug, so we don't know if the drug is safe kind of procedure. So you would think, all right, well, that kind of makes sense. So he, he suspends the sale of the drug. He gave the Biden administration a week to appeal it, which, of course, you know, killing babies is really important to the Biden administration. So they did appeal it. Uh, They are appealing it. And right now, the drug is still allowed on the shelves because another federal judge said that, no, it can stay on the shelf. So it's going to go to the Supreme Court. This is just... But the... And by the way, the pro-life is screaming this is a big victory. It's not. It's not a big victory. It was just holding on to the... Holding on to the... Or pulling the drug until the drug could be... Go through the appropriate procedures and then it'll be put back on the shelves again and then the left can start killing babies again so it, it's okay but the left is flipping out because they see this as again conservatives taking women's rights away though they can't define what a woman is um aoc had a solution to this idea you know to this court re- ruling how the biden administration should deal with this court ruling and it's kind of interesting so l- let's listen to what and, and by the Let's listen to AOC and what she says. And then I've got a little different take than what a lot of people on the right have. So let's listen to what she said. There has been thought, I believe, given to this. Senator Ron Wyden has already issued statements, uh, for example, advising what we should do in a situation like this, which I concur, which is that I believe that the Biden administration should ignore uh, this ruling. I think that we, you know, the courts have the legitimacy and they rely on the legitimacy of their rulings. And what they are currently doing is engaged in an unprecedented and dramatic erosion of the legitimacy of the courts. They, it, it is the justices themselves through the deeply partisan and unfounded nature of these rulings that are undermining their own enforcement. So you're saying the Biden administration should ignore this court, but what does that look like? What does that actually mean? You know, I think the interesting thing when it comes to a ruling is that it relies on enforcement and it is up to the Biden administration to enforce, to choose whether or not to enforce such a ruling. Okay, she was talking on CNN. That was Jake Tapper she was talking to, who is actually kind of a progressive more than a leftist so in you could hear and you, if you see the video you can see he's dumbfounded at what she's saying and later on she went on with dana bash and she's basically doubled down on it 
So she didn't take, she didn't walk it back at all. She believes this. Now, a lot of people online are calling AOC an idiot. What do you expect from an idiot like this? And she's so stupid. No, she's not. And she's just saying what le the left believes. As a matter of fact, I'll go so far as to say, well, the left has been saying this for a really long time. This is not something new. She's just being very blunt about it. People are breaking laws. She's right. Hey, just don't enforce it. You know, ignore the ruling. Don't enforce it. Right? Which, by the way, that's not how it works. He actually has to go out of his way not to enforce it. Okay? And then and then that's fine. Well, I mean, look at look at what happened during the Roe versus Wade overturning. It was illegal to protest in front of judge the Supreme Court justices' house homes. But they didn't. But they did. And the D Department of Justice didn't enforce the laws there. The reality is what AOC is saying, they're already doing. They enforce the laws they want to and ignore the laws they don't want to enforce. The border is another example. The laws are already on the books about the border. They're just not enforcing it. So no, I don't think AOC is an idiot here. She's just saying exactly what the Biden administration believes and is doing. Maybe she's being too blunt about it, but that doesn't make her wrong. So, again, this is, this is, you are actually seeing the country imploding all around us, where now we're going to ignore the rule of law because the court is, quote, illegitimate, end quote, because they are ruling on something we don't buy in. And, and by the way, this judge didn't say this, this drug can never be used. It said, well, the FDA actually needs to go in and test this thing. We don't know what side effects there are. And by the way, over the last three years, come on. The FDA hasn't exactly been looking after the drugs. I, I would like a little bit more research between the COVID vaccines, the uh, hormone treatments they're giving to trans kids, and trans is uh, in scare quotes, I, yeah, I can believe the FDA didn't do their due diligence. And yes, I would like the FDA to do their due diligence before someone takes this pill and their uterus falls out. I don't think this is an asinine thing. But she, they don't want this because we've got to kill babies. Got to kill babies. By the way, since Roe versus Wade's, Wade has been overturned, here's something wild and crazy. 60,000 babies are being saved since Roe versus Wade, a, a month since Roe versus Wade has been overturned. So, I got news for you. Even though abortion is not illegal in the country, this is a step in the right direction. Okay, I, I'm so done with everyone bitching and moaning about the weather. Climate change. It, it, it's, this, is, this is an incredible story. Okay, according to the New York Post... This is awesome. Hotter weather from climate change has played a role in the surge of home runs in Major League Baseball, researchers claimed in a study published Friday. But despite the onslaught of headlines, the effect was small and could be chalked up to everything from stronger players to livelier balls. And a critic noted that the minor league home runs are actually down in the same period. Players hit at least 500 more home runs between 2010 and 2019 roughly 50 a year, because balls fly greater distance in warmer weather, the paper by Dartmouth University College researchers argues. But researchers also noted that there were a number of factors for why players are knocking it out of the ballpark more often, with the biggest factor being the size of the ball and the stitches. This is the stupidest thing I have ever heard. Baseball is an outdoor sport. There's a lot of reason why there are a lot of home runs and the weather might have something to do with it. Maybe it's not raining as much, so the ball goes further. Maybe it's not as moist out. It's colder. It's actually colder out. 
And with colder weather, especially if you go to places like Chicago, the air is thinner. It's drier. And the ball goes further. Now, this article does mention it. There's a lot more strikeouts. So what does that mean? What's the correlation between strikeouts and home runs? Well, players are swinging the bats harder. They're trying to hit home runs. And you can see that when, if you know anything about baseball. I'm a huge baseball guy. If you know anything about baseball, they had the shifts last year where players would shift to one side of the field because they assume that a player is going to pull the ball because the player is going to try to hit a home run. He's not going to try and bat like Tony Gwynn or Wade Boggs used to do where they hit the ball where there's nobody around. These guys are swinging for the fences. And then combine that with the physical fitness of these athletes. I mean, some of these baseball players look like freaking linebackers for the NFL. Aaron Judge is like six foot eight. Yeah, this guy gets a hold of the ball. He's it's going a long way. And Aaron Judge, by the way, knows how to hit. He's not like a lot of these baseball players. But here's the thing: we're constantly blaming the weather for something. And baseball's played outside. Is it's the weather? Yes, yes, that's what it is. Global warming. Jeez. Anyway, you know what's going to be a shocker? Uh, During the summer, especially in the East Coast, when the summer actually gets hotter and you end up having some humidity, you know what's going to end up happening? Yeah, home runs are going to go down. That's going to happen. Chicago, home runs will go down in the middle of summer because of the humidity and the heat. The ball just doesn't go as far. And I seem to remember in 2000, when Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire, Barry Bonds were all hitting these home runs, there was no talk about there was no talk about climate change then. Oh well. Okay, so let's get to the next one. Okay, here here's here's something. I don't understand how these companies continue. This next story continue to go woke when they make movies because nobody goes to see the movies. Yes, they get panned, they get great all thumbs up on Rotten Tomatoes and stuff and they get they'll get a 99% score from all the critics, the mainstream media critics. And then you'll see the the audience score and the audience score is like 20%. And it's basically because people are just like god, I'm being preached to again. Well, they're doing that with the new Grease flick. So according to the Daily Mail, the iconic 1970s Grease flick is set for a woke TV reboot. We'll see the classical musical center itself around multicultural, all-female lineup to explore, quote, sexual orientation, gender expression, and racial identity. Now, mind you, um, this movie is going to be played in the 50s. And it's a prequel, which means it's going to be early 50s. So just keep that in mind. Continuing, family favorite tunes will be re-sung alongside new musical numbers, including one about white supremacy, of course, while the 1950s student population at Rydell High School will be refilled with a varied mix of LGBT and black high schoolers unseen in the 1978 hit. Well, that's because they had Jim Crow and black folks weren't allowed in white schools back then and the other thing and by the way the original Greece did kind of touch on that and the other thing LGBT wasn't a thing in the 1950s this is a new thing continuing set in 1954 Greece rise of the pink ladies will be a prequel to the original film showing how the girl gang counterpart to Danny Zuko's T-Birds was founded. I don't know who Danny Zuko is. I think it's the chick in the show. So one of the things, some of the things they're going to show that the Daily Daily, uh, Mail talks about, a non-binary tomboy who struggles to fit alongside her multicultural bandmates. Yeah, there was no non-binary in 1950s. The iconic auto shop 
scene, dance scene, which this time around is led by a gender non-conforming, non-binary trans actor, Ari Natursamazzo, I don't care, who plays Cynthia. Now, this this guy, gal, I don't know, I think it's a guy, Natursamo, said, in a quote, queerness, gender nonconformity, and transness throughout time hasn't been exactly the same. All of us are a product of the culture that we live in, but it is especially special, it is really special to be able to tell the story of what it may have been like in the 1950s. Do you know what it may have been like in the 1950s? Yeah, it wasn't there in the 1950s. There was no gender, what is she now? A gender non-conforming, non-binary trans person. That, that didn't exist in 1950s. That's a social contagion today. Other things. She is joined by a breakout role by Cheyenne Wells, who plays a Mexican-American student, Olivia, grappling with an alleged affair with her English teacher, who's probably white, and Trisha Fukuhara as Nancy, a Japanese-American finding her place through high school. You know, the funny thing is the 1970s episode, the 1970s episode, they were all Americans. There was no talk about this and that and African American, Japanese American, Mexican American, LGBTQ American. In the third episode of the series, I guess this is a TV series, the plot will reportedly attempt to grapple with discrimination within Rydell High community revolving around the stories of a shy black girl named Hazel and Davila's Latina character, Jane. At least they didn't say Latinx. And the episode will include a musical number called In the Club, in which rich white country club founders are animated out of an oil painting to sing about white supremacy. Wow, that sounds wonderful. I'm sure it's going to be a great hit, and I can't wait to see it. Wow. Just incredible. I don't know when these companies are going to realize no one's going to watch their crap, but I guess it really doesn't matter as long as they're virtue signaling correctly. Okay. I hate to say I told you so, but I told you so. According to the New York Times, despite the common misconception, people can become addicted to cannabis just as they can with other drugs like alcohol and cocaine. As more states either decriminalize or legalize cannabis, more people are using it than ever before. According to the National Survey on Drug Use and Health, in 2021, approximately 19% of Americans, 12 and older, used cannabis, and nearly 6% of the teens and adults qualified as having cannabis use disorder, the clinical name for addiction. For comparison, close to 11% of Americans over the age of 11 have alcohol use disorder or are alcoholics. Okay, I, I've been saying this for ages. I've had arguments with people seven years ago that le drug legalization is not the way. We'll get into some of my arguments a little bit later. The article continues, The potential consequences of cannabis use disorder are not as severe as other drugs like opiate, opioids opiates, where overdose deaths are a dire concern. But cannabis addiction can cause a dramatic decrease in quality of life, said Dr. Christina Brezing, an assistant professor of psychiatry at Columbia University. Here's what you need to know. How do we know this is true? Well, take a look at Denver, which legalized cannabis probably about 10 years ago. And now they have high rates of unemployment, they have high rates of crime, and their homeless has gone way up. This was all when they legalized cannabis. And by the way, it's not look at it 10 years ago and look at it today. They were having issues with that about a year and a half after they legalized it. So we already knew there were some problems with, with legalizing weed. So the article describes some of the consequences. And I'm going to go over these. Because I think they're kind of important, and I think they kind of justify what I've been saying, why cannabis shouldn't be legalized. Loss of control. Taking more of the drug, using it more frequently than you, you intend to. Spending a great deal of time obtaining or using cannabis. 
having an uncontrollable urge or craving to use it, trying to stop or cut back but not being able to do so. Another um, sign of addiction, and I know this because I had a kid who was addicted, is constantly talking about it. So an alcoholic will constantly talk about, hey, I'm getting wasted tonight. And just a little FYI, I am an alcoholic, so I, I don't drink anymore. I've, I've been clean for about a month now, and that's why maybe I sound a little different. But alcohol, you're constantly talking about getting wasted. Okay, interpersonal consequences. Foregoing other social and recreational activities in order to use cannabis. Experience, experiencing interpersonal conflicts as a result of cannabis use. Failing to fulfill obligations at work or at home as a result of uh, cannabis use. Risky use. Putting yourself in a potentially dangerous situation as a result to obtaining or using cannabis. Continued use despite negative physical and psychological effects. All right. One of the psychological effects that they don't talk about is psychosis. That's the thing. I'll get to that in a few seconds. Finally, physical dependence, developing tolerance, having to use more of the drug to achieve the same effect. And finally, experiencing withdrawal symptoms when you stop using cannabis, such as insomnia, irritability, anxiety, depressed mood, and decreased appetite. But again, those are just some of the symptoms, some of the signs more serious symptoms are discussed later in the article. This is the New York Times, by the way. The New York Times has been pushing the legalization of weed for, at this point, decades. Having another psychiatric diagnosis, such as anxiety, depression, post-traumatic stress disorder, uh, which is psychosis, or attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, is also associated with an increased risk. One possible reason for the overlap is some people self-medicate with cannabis and heavier, and the heavier a person's use, the more likely they are to develop a physical dependence. Now, one of the things they don't talk about here is that it's a gateway drug. Okay, When you can't get the same effect from weed, you will self-medicate with other drugs. That includes opiates, such as methamphetamine, heroin, cocaine. That's what my son did. That's why I keep talking about this when I, I sit back and I say I'm against drug legalization. And I've had debates with people who want to legalize drugs, and I've read books about the, the, le the reasons to legalize drugs. And the only thing that I can see that makes sense with legalization of drugs is one, you control the t type of drug that you're gaining access to. Here's the problem. Dispensaries, especially in California, the weed is stronger. So the weed is more um, is, uh, is much stronger than it used to be. So that's not a good thing. The other problem, the other great argument is that if you regulate it, it will discourage the cartels from sending more over because people will be able to buy this stuff out. Now, I, I never understood that argument because if you go near a weed dispensary in California, it's armed to the teeth. And that's because people will commit crime to get the stuff. Now, I've other things that I really... No drug is safe. And this is the big argument with weed. Okay, it's say it's not as bad as cigarettes. Yes, it is as bad as cigarettes. It's worse than cigarettes. It weed burns hard, hotter. It has higher nicotine, and it's stronger. It's far worse than cigarettes. Well, alcohol is bad. Well, yeah, alcohol is bad. And and that's the problem. We tried to get rid of alcohol, but alcohol became so ingrained in our society when we tried to get rid of it through prohibition. We couldn't get rid of it. So why are we legalizing a new drug that in 10 years we're going to say we need to get rid of that drug and we're not going to be able to do it? We did that with alcohol. We did that with uh, cigarettes. We're not going to be able to get rid of it. That's Again, that's the prohibition. The pro well, prohibition didn't work. Yeah, 
prohibition did did actually prohibition kind of did work. It did cut alcoholism rates. But the problem is it was ingrained into our society at the time. And so, yeah, it, it was going to fail. But why are we going to do the same thing with the uh, freaking weed? Why are we going to make weed something legal becomes ingrained in our society and then suddenly 10 years from now, 20 years from now, we're saying, well, we should we should make it illegal. It's going to be too late. And the kicker is, they also want to legalize meth. They want to legalize heroin. They want to legalize cocaine. They want all drugs legal. So, yes, was the war on drugs a disaster? Yes, it was. It was done wrong. Just say no is not a legitimate way to stop drug use. And the other thing I have is we need to set up our criminal infrastructure to deal with drug addicts and drug users differently than we need to deal with criminals. A guy who carjacks somebody is going to be a lot different than a guy who's got a heroin problem and they need to be handled differently. But that's a different podcast, so we'll get there. And finally, our last story. I know I'm running late, but I'm going to be gone for a while, so I decided to do this. Elon Musk. (laughs) He was interviewed by the BBC, and the BBC wanted to kind of trap Musk on how lousy he's running Twitter. Here's the problem the BBC has, especially this reporter. Elon Musk is a genius, and a genius thinks good. And a genius is usually prepared. And a genius thinks of things in ways that a dumbass reporter can't think. So here's this reporter. And this is it, it, this is a long clip, but it's so hysterical I have to play it all. And um, actually there are two clips. And the second clip is just as funny. Here's this guy talking about how he saw all of this hate speech on Twitter. And Elon Musk turns it all the way around on him and ends up calling him a liar. So let's listen to this. It's it's hysterical. It's about two minutes. I, I mean, I would, I would only just add that, you know, we have spoken to people who, who have been sacked that used to be in content moderation. And, and we've spoken to people very recently who were involved in moderation. And they just say they just there's not enough people to police this stuff, particularly around um, particularly around hate speech. Um, in the company. Do, is that well, what hate speech are you talking about? I mean, you use Twitter. Right. Do you see a rise in hate speech? I mean, I, I, just a personal anecdote. Like, what do, do you? I don't. P- personally, my, uh, for you, I would see I get, I get more of that kind of content. Yeah, personally. But I, I'm not going to talk to, talk to the rest of, for, for the rest of Twitter. So you see more hate speech personally? I would say I would see more hateful content in that, in that. Content way. you don't like or, or hateful? What do you mean to describe a hateful thing? Yeah, I mean, you know, just content that will solicit a, a reaction, something that may include something that is slightly racist or slightly sexist, those kinds of those kinds of things. So you think if I'm, something is slightly sexist, it should be banned? I, no, is that I'm what not, you're saying? I'm not saying anything. I'm saying. Well, I'm just curious. What you, I'm, I'm trying to understand what you mean by hateful con- content, and I'm asking for specific examples. Um, and if, and you just said that if something is slightly sexist, that's hateful content does that mean that it should be banned well you've asked me you've asked me whether my feed whether it's got less or more it, i'd say it's got slightly more that's what i'm asking for examples can, right. you, can you name one example i, I honestly don't you honestly you I don't, can't name I, a single example i'll tell you why because i don't actually use that for you feed anymore because i, I just don't particularly like it but you said actually, a lot of people a lot of people are quite similar i i, I only well, well, i only look well, at my, a second my you said you've following. seen more hateful content but you can't name a single example not even one I'm not sure I've used that feed for the last three or four weeks, and I. Well, then, how did you see the hateful content? content? Because I've been, I've been using, I've been using Twitter since you've taken it over for the last six months. Okay, so then you must have at some point seen the you for you hateful content. And I'm asking for one example. Right, and, and you I, can't I, give a single I, one. And, and, and I'm saying, I've, I, then I, I say, sir, that you don't know what you're talking about. Really? Yes, because you can't give me a single example of hateful con- content, not even one tweet, and yet you claimed that the hateful content was high. Well, that's a false. No, what I claimed, you just lied. What no, no. What I claim was uh, there are many uh, organizations that say that that kind of information is on the rise. Now, whether whether it has on my feed or not, give me one example. Not, 
I mean, I, right. And Literally, if you, you look at something one. like the, the Strategic Dialogue Institute in the, U, in the UK, they will say that. So they, Look, it's, people will say all sorts of nonsense. I'm literally asking for a right. single example, and you can't name one. Right, and as, as I already said, I don't use that feed. But let's, well, then how let, would you know? Then, that I don't you, think this is getting anywhere. You literally said you experienced more hateful content and then couldn't name a single example. Right, and as I said, I, That's haven't, absurd. I, haven't, I haven't actually looked at that feed. Then how would you know there's hateful content? Because I'm saying that's what I saw a few weeks ago. I can't give you an exact example. Let's move on. We have. Oh, uh, yeah, you should probably move on because he's making you look like an ass. And, and see, this is the whole thing. If you're going to go in front of a genius, okay, and I'm no genius. I'm no genius. You better know what you're talking about. Because this is exactly... Now, I'm not a fan of Bill Gates. I think Bill Gates is an ass. But I would never interview Bill Gates without having all my ducks in a row before I interview him. This guy is completely unprepared. And it makes me wonder, too, how is it I'm just doing this Mickey Mouse podcast and not a real journalist? Because it seems like anybody can be a journalist. I know, that's Journalism 101. Be prepared. If you're going to make a statement like that, my question would have been, there's been reports, a lot of people are reporting there's a lot of hateful content out there. What do you have to say to that? Now, he can sit there and ask me, well, what, what have you seen? I can sit there and say, I'm not talking about what I've seen. I'm talking about there are reports. That's how you ask a question. And then let him answer that. And then if he decided to keep pushing, well, how do you know... No, Elon, I'm just, I'm, I'm telling you what the reports are. I'll give you my answer to that after you answer the question. But here's what my other answer would have been. What the hell is hate speech? And that's what Elon basically was asking. What do you mean by hate speech? So something is kind of sexist and that's considered hate speech and it needs to be banned? 99% of the memes out there are sexist, racist... Or could be could be deemed sexist or racist or thing. I don't believe there's a definition to hate speech. I don't believe in hate speech. You should be able to say whatever you want. And if you say some of the most dreadful, terrible things in the world, I want to know about it. Because then I want to ignore you or I want to know what you're about before any of your opinions get out there. Okay? Like Pramila Jayapal. I... I I really don't care what she thinks about Israel because I already know she's an anti-Semite because she said it. I'm not calling for her to be banned for hateful content. I want her to announce hateful content. There was a, there was a, and I think this could be, yeah, the podcast is going to go long today. So listen to it for two days, but I'm not going to be here. Um, there was a, there was a tweet that could be considered hateful content. And this tweet it just showed up in my feed. I, I looked this guy up and made sure I didn't follow this guy. But basically, he had a meme that said, the last commercial I saw, and it was a, with a white woman, a blonde white woman sitting on a guy wearing a monkey suit. And essentially what the, the meme was pushing was that all that there are only black people, men, there are no white men on commercials anymore. So he basically saying is a monkey with a, see he's he's mixing black men with monkeys. This is a racist comment. Okay? Now did I report him? No. I just made sure I didn't follow him. And I don't know why that was in my feed. This is a bad person. I don't want to deal with this person. I don't want anyone knowing that I've even if and I have followed people that turned out that were racist and I unfollowed them. This, now, is this hate speech? Well, it's racist. I wouldn't call racist tweets hate speech. It's just, okay, you gave me your opinion. I'm not interested in dealing with you. But I hate the term hate speech. And I hate the fact that this guy is actually interviewing the smartest man in the world, and he's too stupid to realize what he needs to do before he interviews him. But this, that first part, Open the door for Elon Musk. By the way, this just shows I'm glad I paid the $8 a month for the for the Twitters. Because I like Twitter anyway. But this opened the door for him. 
This interview is officially invalidated. There is not, this guy is effed. He is not going to be able to get through an interview. And we see that when he starts talking about COVID misinformation with Elon. Uh, listen to this part too. And yes, he is gone. He, he might as well just get up and leave. We only have a certain amount of time. Um, wow. COVID misinformation. You You've changed the COVID misinformation. Has rules. BBC changed its COVID misinformation? The BBC does not set the rules on Twitter, so I'm asking you. No, I'm talking about the BBC's misinformation about COVID. I'm, I'm, I'm literally Has asking you about, you changed the labels, the COVID misinformation labels. They used to be a policy, and then, then disappeared. Why, why do that? Well, COVID is no longer an issue. Does the BBC uh, hold itself at all responsible for misinformation re regarding ma masking and, and side effects of vaccinations and not reporting on that at all? And what about the fact that the BBC was put under pressure by the British government to change its editorial policy? Are you aware of that? This is a, this is not an interview about the BBC. Oh, so. you thought it wasn't. <laughs> and this, I see now why you've done Twitter Spaces. I am not a representative of the BBC's editorial policy. I want to make that clear. Let's talk about something else. You want I'm to talk about the BBC? You too. All right, let's 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 talk about let's talk about something else. You weren't expecting that. Let's talk about something else. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm really glad I made the eight dollars a month. He made this guy feel like an ass. And you know what's funny? This reporter is probably now the editor in chief. He's been promoted. I this you do not go into a you do not go into an interview with a guy as brilliant as Elon Musk. And I wouldn't do it with lefties that are brilliant too. I would never go in with Bill Gates or Jeff Bezos, who I think are terrible people. Don't share my politics and not be prepared for an interview. I mean, my gosh. And yes, he's right. The the interviewer's right. Now I see why you go on Twitter Spaces. Yeah, you go. he goes on Twitter Spaces because he can say whatever he wants. And guess what? He says the same thing on Twitter Spaces. Don't think that, that Elon Musk is not pushed on Twitter Spaces. I listen to him. So, I, a absolutely incredible interview. Good for him. And, uh, wow. Okay, so um, I will be gone. Next week, I'll probably do a couple of short podcasts next week. Not not long ones like today. So I hope you guys have a great time. God bless you. Love you all. And wish me luck on my marriage. This is Gene, and you've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics. <laughs>